1: That's how oh, she's got, it. It. Oh, got, he got it. it. I don't believe it. That's unbelievable. He was throwing it up. He thought he had it. It was a little lollipop. And the man who did so well with the bat has taken his eye off the ball and the ball has just dribbled out of his fingers. He was about to throw it up. Hey, great cricket. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers,
2: you know, that's all they know. They've mm-hmm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible. At all costs. At all times. I don't bat or bowl, I just
0: feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ.
1: champ. Oh no, you call me champ.
0: Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast, Australian cricket sports fans. Australian cricket sports fans, two different sports, all happening at the same time. You've just woken up to see Australia beat Pakistan by 41 of your cricket runs. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm joined by Sam Perry, who is in Melbourne. Good morning to you. Pez and Australia are going to bring home the World Cup
2: again. Oh, you can just feel the spin coming already. Here goes, Australia not yet at full throttle, but they're really building up to something special. Yes, yeah. that's right. Sorry, I feel like just <laughs> talking in sports. Why are we talking in like this? Newsreader tone. I don't know, actually. It's a podcast. We're meant to move away from traditional media forms in the way we analyse. It was nice to win by 41 cricket runs as an Australian. Uh, He goes, however, I feel like the side does contain some fundamental flaws and holes. Let's not spoil the victory by dissecting that completely. Let's talk about the good stuff. David Warner hit 111 off 107 balls. That is a good thing. Yep. He batted bizarrely, curiously, slowly in the two mm. matches leading into this. There's been talk that he was just getting his eye in. He he wanted some time at the crease. Mm. I hear it was an instruction, mm. but 111 off 107. Oh, What was a challenging wicket early is a great result. Aaron Finch coming to the party, yes, dropped a couple of times. Uh, a couple of lives, but hitting the ball cleanly, 82 off 84. That's great. Please let us not try and get three overs from him again in a match. Yes, he took a wicket. That is not world cup. That is not a world cup winning tactic. Mm. If you're listening, Ricky or Justin, whoever's calling the shots, don't read into that. <laughs> uh, Cummins is a superstar, isn't he? Yeah. He goes three for I thirty-three. So. Yep. Always does you a job. When mm. does Cummins cost you? Mm. Never.
0: Not in those domain yeah. names. and
2: the and the breeze through his hair, Stark. Finish things off. Australia are the top three in there, and they're opening bowlers at the moment. Can the rest of the guys come to the party, please?
0: Um, I think Pez that I, I have come to terms that this this game was a win that said to me um, that we can't win the World Cup um, because they they no. I'll just leave it at that, um, and we'll <laughs> move on to the next topic point. Um, I think, I think, mate, like, um, I've come to terms with Australia not being the best team in the World Cup, you know, usually, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen Australia win four of our five World Cups and we won three of those in a row. And I think we, in that time, we lost about one and a half games. So I, you know, I, I come into ICC cricket tournaments, um, just thinking that Australia are going to win everything at all times, but i come into this, this team and, you know, it's, it's a good team. It's not, it's not a bad team Mm. uh, by any stretch, you know, as soon as we lose a game, my goodness me, you know. May, the, may the heavens fall. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's effig- it's, it's,
1: it's
2: going to be effigy season quite soon. <laughs> Coulton Isle, that sort of stuff. And it'll look good. Sell it as a partner or one of those robot sex dolls later.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah one of That's one of silly. those robot sex dolls. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, what? Didn't yeah. think I'd say that at uh, a quarter to six in the morning. Um, uh, but, like, mate, just like the... Geez, Pakistan are a weird team. I mean, this game for me, as much as I've just said, you know, uh, this this game showed to me that Australia couldn't win. I think this game was actually more about Pakistan because, I mean, they've won the toss on an absolute dream wicket. It's eight degrees in Taunton. Um, you know, Zampa's got his pockets full of uh, hand warmers for days. Uh, but, 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 like, but, but, mate, how did the Pakistan not bowl Australia out for two hundred on on that wicket in those conditions? Shaheen Afridi, my goodness me! Like what a what an awful opening spell was. But then that wasn't even the worst thing. Fucking hell, Sam Perry from the Great Cricketer. The fielding was an embarrassment to professional sports in any code. It was an absolute shambles. How can you field that many balls as a professional athlete? Like they, these guys would catch like a hundred balls every day. Ground fielding, throwing. Fucking no one backing up. It's a shambles. Like if that happened in a third grade game, the captain would be livid. Um, anyway, I thought they played well. Um, 41, Forty-one. I just thought I was win.
2: talking to um, Darren Berry and Mark War for a second. <laughs> uh, I love the yeah. I love the the grade the middle grade grade cricket offence. Yeah. coming yeah. in. I, there was a nice line from Rob Smyth who writes the Guardian Life blog on occasion. He's probably the best at it. And he says, Pakistan, they played brilliantly, abysmally, sublimely, ridiculously, life-affirmingly, and spirit-crushingly. They mm-hmm. almost won despite an absurd middle-order collapse. They lost despite inducing a dramatic Australian collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about ceilings today. Um, where he goes, both sides produced yes. a bit of a ceiling. Well, no, Pakistan's ceiling actually fluctuates wildly so i was completely wrong in the way i've opened that up Mm. but uh from australia's point of view there's there seems to be a ceiling i want to put it to you he goes australia is liverpool football club 2001 to 2007 okay good side can challenge has all of the uh tropes of famousness great history yes very annoying fans who look back (laughs) to the history look to history at all times to guide where they are presently right can put in a performance to challenge the big boys, but ultimately can't go with the big boys. It's like the Sydney Swans, 1999 to 2004 thousand and are the best of the rest. <laughs> but when it came to playing Collingwood, etc., they couldn't quite go over the line. Anyway, we all know what happened next. They made about six grand finals yeah. in the following five years. And I know everybody else is thinking the same way as me there. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of reject. And I think you do too. I'm, I'm very sceptical about the idea that, that Australia is building to something nah. in this World Cup. I, I feel like there are a lot of ceilings being hit. Mm-hmm. I feel like tactically they're quite conservative. I think that if you wanted to go the early crow, which I will, ahead of Australia now winning the World Cup, <laughs> um, it would be to ask, why aren't Australia innovating in ODI cricket? Uh, why is it that we it feels like we're looking backwards to go forwards? Why do I mm. continue seeing... Articles about past performances. Why does the axis of Langer and Ponting feel like a warm comfort blanket that mm. may not necessarily represent the most futuristic in short format coaching? Mm. Uh, you know, let's go, go even deeper. Has our, has the destruction of our domestic ODI comp resulted in a bunch of support players that aren't really up to mixing it with India and England? Mm. Uh, when you are a team that is essentially relying on some conditions in the semifinals and a wet wicket and some ball movement for Stark to run riot. Mm. well, it's leaving a lot up to chance i think
0: yeah, i think I think that's right mate and and just looking at some of the um feedback that people leave uh, for the podcast every now and again. Just a lot of people not happy about us talking about how good England are um, when they haven't won anything, which is right. And England which may right. well lose to um, – I find I find that the, the tournament's opening up nicely because I feel like England could lose to probably – they could lose to India and they could lose yeah. to the West Indies. Um, I say that because the West Indies uh, beat them a couple of times when they were playing them, you know, in the last six months or so. Um, New Zealand, who knows what's going to happen with them. You know, so there's probably, there's probably three games there where England could lose and they've already lost to Pakistan. So just in terms of the shaping of the tournament um, – you know, India actually might come out on top. New Zealand are playing some really good cricket at the moment. Anyway, it could, it could just be really interesting coming into the semi semifinals, if, say England finished third, and there's a bit of rain around, who knows. But my point of this is that, like, I think it's fairly obvious into this into the tournament so far is that there are two clearly good teams. <laughs> like, India yep. have come out, out of the blocks fantastically. They look really well-rounded. Their spinning options are, are unrivaled. Uh, in this World Cup, and they have Coley, who is the best batsman in the world. I know, like, you know, sometimes we like to say, think that Steve Smith is the best player in the world, and Steve Smith is a very, very good player, don't get me wrong. Coley's just better. If Coley, Coley's uh, trajectory for um, his ODI career, if he if he scores at the same rate that he already has uh, and plays the same amount of games as Tendorka, he will finish with 4,000 more ODI runs than Sachin Tendorka, uh, who had 18,000 ODI runs. So so Coley's the best player in the world. Okay, quick uh uh, um so but i'm looking at australia and it is now so obvious that every team when batting against australia goes well if we just get through stark and cummins you know like and and they would be right to do that because there's not a lot else you know zamper always got dropped for this game because he hasn't bowled well in in the previous couple of games um you know, I, I'm. Still Which not is a mistake, really
2: sh- I think, mate. Like, I, I, know, th- I he think looks, it is. It yeah. looks park, but I mm. think if Australia's going to win the World Cup and actually challenge those two teams, they will need Zampa to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was nervous as Australia parked 300 on the board after kind of what, they were they were none for 146. They lost mm. Finch. There was mm. about 160 balls to go in the innings, nine wickets in hand, uh, and they were going at six and over. And they managed to post something close to a runner ball, losing the following nine wickets. Mm. Uh, on a wicket that was flattening out, mm. so that you know that says a lot to me. And then that they, uh, you know, with the with Stoinis's injury and removing Zampa, they decided to go with an extra batsman uh, and four bowlers to get and then get ten overs out of Maxwell and Finch. I mm. thought, hmm, that's a big task mm. for those four bowlers, uh, but they managed it. So you know you have to you have to give them credit. For that, but uh, yeah, like I guess my question, he goes, "Is you right? Yeah, and look, as a sports person or someone who follows it closely, it's okay that Australia isn't the best all the time, or is it? But uh, <laughs> I think the question is more, what what's led us to a situation where two other teams, especially England, who were absolutely abysmal in twenty fifteen, are dictating the trends of ODI cricket? Why isn't Australia innovating ODI cricket? <laughs> Australia has the resources to do so, it has the knowledge to do so, it it has the expertise." and the history and the the skills in its current crop to be a really formidable ODI side who's constantly reinventing the way the game's play. I just, why isn't Australia the team knocking on the door of 400? You know, mm. why isn't Australia the team working out how to best bowl middle over cricket? Like, why mm. does it continually feel like we're playing a brand that's for four or five years ago, as comforting as it feels?
0: Mate, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, no, it feels good. Uh, it, feels, mm. it does feel nice. Um, We're doing the know.
2: post-mortems, three matches into the World Cup. I, 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 don't,
0: I, don't, I don't know the answer to those questions, but I, I, I find it interesting that um, in the games so far that Warner has played that he has started really slowly. And, and even this game, I think he was not going all guns blazing. I thought the, the, the bowling to Warner especially with a new ball, was absolutely diabolical and he was gifted runs. I don't think I don't think he went out there just going, I'm going to score run a ball now. I'm going I'm I'm to pick up the ante a little bit. I think the bowling was so trash to him that it, it was just like he was getting runs off his hip. There were full tosses. They were buying two sides of the wicket, two lengths. Um, you know, the fielding wasn't great as, as I've touched on before. But I find that really interesting that like th- there seems to me that Warner's going out there thinking he has to bat for 40 overs. Um, Whereas if you compare that to, uh, I guess i compare it to Shikha Darwin or Jason Roy, Mm. if they bat 25 overs full throttle, they're probably going to finish on 140. Um,
2: Exactly. And, like, in a team that's already stocked with control hmm. rhythm batsmen, Hmm. like, Warner is one of the only guys in the unit who can take the game away. Like, what, on what earth do you contrive a situation where Warner is instructed to play the anchor role? Yeah. How do you arrive at that situation in your mind, logically? Yeah. Yeah. He, again, 111 off, 11 off 107. That said, that's par for what Australia got, mm. 300 odd. And he's been at the like, If David Warner's been at the crease at, for 30 overs, mm. including a power play where only two guys are out, and he finishes his innings at a runner ball, mm. what's happening?
0: Mm. On such a small ground like Taunton as well, um, when when the team when you know no one's bowled well to him apart from Muhammad Amir who did bowl really well. I
2: hope it changes. That's all. It might change.
0: Mate, I, I, know, mate I reckon this could be this could be a thing of like um, so Usman Khawaja is a leading run scorer in ODIs across the world this year, this this calendar year twenty nineteen. No one scored more runs than Usman Khawaja. Now Warner comes back into the selection mould and Khawaja bats very differently to. Um, to Warner. Uh, Kawaja probably is your anchor, you know, batting with Finch, who yeah. is more of a dasher. So they've had some success going into this World Cup with Kawaja opening the batting. Now Warner comes back, and you obviously you, you sort of have to pick him. Um, but now they're telling Warner not to bat like the, you know, blistering, you know, say you know guy that we've had over the years. Bat like Guzman Kawaja. But we're going to pick Guzman Kawaja as well. And then we're going to bat him at six today. <laughs> so yeah, there's some strange messages going it is, on with the batting. It's
2: strange, mate. Like it feels like the the approach has changed, uh, and it feels like. And we always compare to England because they're the team to beat. Mm. Um, India is the same. India's so flexible, so much depth, coverage all over the park. Mm. They, both of these sides have established the way their style and their way for years for the last few years, it feels like Australia is still working out how it wants to play ODI cricket. Mm. Maybe that's good. Maybe they're kind of um, – maybe they're just going to surprise somebody in a semi. I know a lot of people are saying that or whatnot. But, like, uh, just just once again, I mean, it's clear to, you know, blind Johnny that the batting is – the batting tactics are confused. Mm. Usman Khawaja at number six or whatever mm. it was last night with 12 overs to go. Why? You know, mm. these are as much selection issues, I believe, as anything else. Mm. I uh, think it's my understanding that Ashton Turner was gonna be picked for the for the World Cup but for a shoulder injury. So right. maybe we've got to take it easy. But even so, why is there not foresight there to have an extra batsman that can be a little bit more powerful? You know, I can feel people bristling at this conversation given Australia's just won a World Cup match by forty runs. Perhaps it is the ultimate entitlement to be talking like this. Mm. uh it's it's more just difficult to see yeah, two I... other teams so much clearer about the way they play odi cricket and yeah. and australia chasing its tail with this kind of blueprint thinking that's rooted in past success and yeah. the difference between the past success and this year is that those past teams didn't look backwards mm. for their inspiration they were innovators in their own era what's the mm. 2019 australian side what's their version of of cricket, mm. you know, why aren't they allowed to create the way or their identity uh, and the way they like to win? Like this is Aaron Finch's World Cup, mm. you know. Like when when Australia won World Cups under Steve Warren, and Ricky Ponting, etc., that was their World Cup. It wasn't Tim Nielsen's World Cup. It wasn't John Buchanan's World Cup. You know, let's hear from Finch more. Let's see him more. I
0: goals. think I think, um, I, I think what we're coming to terms here With Pez is that you know, if Australia make the semi-finals that is, that is a great, That's a great result I think if they don't make the semi-finals That is underperforming I think if they make the final they have probably overachieved um, you know, uh, Australia may well Get to a semi and may well win a semi But they're going to have to beat either England or India I think those, those are likely going to be the two top teams Who knows New Zealand are playing good cricket as I said before They could, they could, um, they could finish in the top two Mm. But they these... shouldn't
2: be scrambling for a final. Australia with the resources they have as a cricketing nation. True. That's all I'm saying. You're, like if they do, if they do scramble their way to a final, congratulations. Mm. They're gra- they're going to be great competitors, and they do carry that. They're relying on aura, mm. you know, for all this kind of stuff, and a couple of guys to deliver. So be it. But the, the fact that they've entered into a World Cup with so much confusion. Mm. over the way they play and so and such little identity in the kind of odi cricket they want to play mm. is already a bit of a um a, a mark against them but of course you know when you turn it when you turn on channel nine uh and and listen to ian hill riveting um pre-match um analysis uh, no 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 sarcasm intended at all uh you hope they win, and you expect them to win. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, now, mate, you know, Australia have won three of their four games. They're on six points, and we're we're thinking that, you know, five, five wins probably gets you there. Six definitely does. I mean, Australia now, they have Sri Lanka bangladesh uh coming up you know you win you win both those games and i mean there's there's five wins and you're probably you're probably into the into the final so australia's got themselves in a great position um before they've even played um south africa uh you know england and new zealand i mean by then south africa might have sorted themselves out who knows or they could be on the beach um to use a footballing parlance who knows um Mm -hmm. we haven't really spoken about the bowlers, which I think is actually, you know, the the weakness of the Australian team. I still haven't figured out what a Colton Isle is. Uh, Cam Richardson came into the team. Colton up
2: there.
0: Yeah, uh, so he came into the team a uh, couple of wickets, but he was going to sort of see over over six and over uh, for a long period of time. Didn't bowl particularly well. Um, I think that's 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 Australia's downfall. Uh, it's those middle overs in the bowling, and there's such a heavy reliance on Stark and Cummins um, to come into the fold. You know, Lyon hasn't bowled yet, which is interesting. I... I I, I, mate, I still can't figure out why Hazelwood isn't, isn't even in England, isn't even in the squad, isn't anywhere near it. Um, the only thing I can think of is because the next series is always the most important one in Australian cricket. Um, therefore, the next series after the World Cup is the Ashes. I mean, he must be rested for the Ashes. I and mean, then, mm. you know, someone else get rested for that because the home series is the most important series. It's, it's weird. But, like, I think if Hazelwood was in this team, I think that changes a lot. I think Australia could go a lot further. In this competition, and win games more convincingly, um, which is a weird well, great to, to have. We need it. to win better. Yeah, I think.
2: Sorry,
0: um, I think. Um, yeah, and and the Mitch Marsh, you know, coming over to the UK is an interesting one in itself because Stornis is a side strain, but is is Stornis going home? Why is Mitch Marsh coming over? Uh, that, that must be as a precaution for Stornis actually missing out for the rest of the tournament. Um, but you know, is Mitch Marsh? the right guy to replace stoinis what about like a guy like dan christian i mean moses on is is a, a fantastic uh, all-rounder i know moses is injured at the moment so it's just um i think adam collins said it in the last podcast as a matter of fact that like this team has sort of cobbled together over the last 6 months and i think that's really i think that's really right um, what Colo said and australia has not played well since they won the last world cup in 2015 but they've had a great run of form in the last 6 months so there's probably there's probably right to be a lot of confusing Messages and not really knowing who the best team is because it's just sort of all been rushed together thanks to a bit of good form in the last um, in, in 2019.
2: I think that good form is a bit overstated, to be honest. Like obviously a win is a win. I think I've said it before, but you know, India got rid of Dhoni from the last match of that series uh, over there, mm-hmm. and Pakistan played their B team against mm-hmm. us, and we had world then we had uh, you know World Cup practice matches. Mm. Uh, I think I think you're right. I, I I sort of, it's interesting with Hazelwood because he's he's dirty. He wasn't selected. He's come out and said so. Uh, yeah. Essentially in, inferred. So Tim Payne said that he was dirty about it publicly. So he obviously thinks he should be here. You know, it looked to me like Hazelwood bowled injured through the summer. Yeah. I'd like to see him really fit. There is that. You know, to use footballing parlance, so there is that. You know, injured Marco van Basten effect. Yeah. Absence makes a heart grow fonder. When when Daniel Sturridge doesn't play, he seems like a really good player. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if he, I'm loath to doubt Hazelwood if he says he's fit and think he could do a job over here, then it would have been nice to use him, especially on a wicket like last night. Yeah. He, he's the sort of guy that would make batsmen think twice, no doubt yeah. about it, and and ask more questions mm. than do. Yeah, they just look a bit thin, you know, uh, when you get past the big players Australia mm. and don't really have a style. Uh, but I I do think they should persist. Persist, persist with Zampa.
0: Hmm. Um, all right, Pez. Well, let's uh, let's jump over to the UK, where Mel Farrell, uh, who is in the UK at the moment, uh, is going to give us the lowdown of uh, of all things happening in this World Cup.
1: I don't play cricket for results. I don't come to take wickets, score runs, or win games cricket to look good. Rigs, chests, pipes, circuits, salads. This is my domain. So when I hit the sheds, I need to radiate success. That's why I use Chop King Cologne by TGC. With a blend of the finest handcrafted English willow, and kookaburra red king leather chop king cologne lets me radiate cricket whatever the ground whatever the circuit chop king cologne the new fragrance for men by TGC reek of runs without hitting them
3: wait are you gaming on a Chromebook
1: yep It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh?
3: Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook.
1: Got it. Go ahead, it Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook.
2: He goes, we got Mel Farrell on the line coming live At least, as we talk to her from a pub, uh, which is somewhere we'd prefer to be. uh, At least, me, Uh, I'm I'm in a garage at six am. Mel's in Nottinghamshire, hugely followed on social media, journalist, presenter at ESPN Cricket Info. Mel, you should have been on this podcast sooner. I apologise. Hello.
3: Ah, hello. Yeah, don't don't worry. It's been noted. I've I've noticed exactly how many months it's taken for you to get me on this podcast. But you know, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can let this go past it.
2: We were talking off air, Mel, uh, as you say, we've interrupted your third beer at the pub. It's exactly where we like to speak to our journalists because, you know, we get the um, we get the free thinking analysis and uh, you just noted that it's pissing down ahead of India versus New Zealand uh, in Nottinghamshire. A lot of conniptions from people about rain in the UK. Uh, what's your take? Obviously, do we need to put a roof on every single ground there and have uh, 150 reserve days?
3: Well, actually, I, I think we need to go a bit further. And I think if we're going to be serious about the future of cricket, we should really, really just commit to not playing cricket in any country where there's ever rain. Um, and and as part of expansion, I think that's really great news for Algeria. Um, we, we could explore a whole lot of new areas. I mean... It is it is ridiculous. I understand completely and empathize with fans who are frustrated as hell about washouts. But you know what? Sometimes it rains. As anybody who has ever been to a Sydney test in the past decade knows, it just rains sometimes at the cricket and it sucks and you have to deal with it. Um, so uh, we've been really unlucky. I think this is just one bad week. And after this, it looks like it gets a whole lot better from now. But... The logistics that would be involved in having a reserve day for every match are just beyond what most people would think. It's security, police, and ground staff, broadcast crews, um, uh, transport, travel. This whole thing is just a bunch of moving parts that you, you just – it just wouldn't work. And the other thing is, too, that the format of this, while it sucks because it only involves uh, you know 10 teams, and it should involve more, like Algeria, so that we could play games there where it doesn't rain. Um, it, you, it actually the format helps it be fairer if there is any rain, because there's so many games played, everyone plays everyone else. So over a fairly long period of time. So if there are a few games where points are shared, it's not like it's going to be like a super six or something like that, where teams are much more likely to miss out on a place in those because of like one one rain result. So I don't know, I think I think people need to chill and go if it was a year ago there wasn't a, I don't think there was a single day rain in June. So it's just one of those things where we're really unlucky.
2: Good point well made Mel. I do particularly enjoy like the huffing and puffing of people in You know, who say, look, in 2019, it's just, you know, it's just unacceptable to have washouts. You know, we have technology to get on. Just like, look, it rains. Get up, like, Mm. your life will go on. Mm. It will go on. If it doesn't go exactly the way you would like, well, welcome to life. It's cricket. It's quaint. So trying to make it cool.
3: Uh, Well, and it's also like saying, you know, if if at the start of a match uh, there's over, overcast conditions and the wind's blowing and it's ideal for bowling and then and then the, the, the innings swap over and the sun's out and it's shining. It's all like Well, do you know what? We're not gonna resume play until the sun goes back in and the wind's back up again. Oh, this is mm-hmm. weather plays a part in cricket. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's exciting. It's look, it's, it's what we love about it even though it frustrates the hell out of us.
2: Mel, mm. um I wanted to get your thoughts on a recent uh, – well, it was a recent piece of content we all saw uh, on Twitter, uh, and that I was
3: – content. content. Yeah,
2: well, love love content, content, love Twitter, except by love I mean hate, and it's soul-destroying, and actually there's a real world um, <laughs> beyond that. But anyway, this piece of content we saw on Twitter it was from Australia's former Captain Steve Smith, uh, just letting us all know how he likes to get in touch with friends and family internationally. Um, with a mobile phone, or just with a telecommunications brand uh, at the end, inserted for good measure, uh, you know, are we to be outraged by this, by the fact that he is uh, addressing us online folk in such, with such kind of disdain uh, and disregard for our intelligence, that he was actually trying to sell us a product?
3: I think actually what's more concerning is that he hasn't actually figured out that he was saying, I think it was $5 a day. So if you work out how many days he's over here and he's paying $5 a day, uh, actually, if you took that whole amount, he could just buy a local SIM card with free calls to Australia. So <laughs> generally, <laughs> generally, he's he's completely stuffed that one up because he's selling people an absolute sad deal. You could just buy a local SIM card. It'd be way cheaper. Uh, but it it was a bit weird. It was, it was the incredibly uh subtle way it started off as a oh i'm i'm really you know it's a real shame there's all this wet weather and really struggling to get out and about with this photo of him with an umbrella that segues so seamlessly into lucky i've got this deal with an australian company that means i can share this experience of being in the rain with my family and friends. Oh my God, who is advising this guy? I just like, <laughs> sometimes you just, you want to go up and say, no, don't listen to anyone else. Listen to me and just don't do that. Just just, <laughs> just don't do it. See? Don't do it. Don't do it. But you know, I, I think he maybe should hire you guys. I think you...
0: Um, Mel, so, <sighs> so far in this World Cup, there hasn't been many blockbusters, I suppose, Australia and India. Um, was one of the, the sort of big ticket items. I guess, or South Africa and England, which turned out to be a bit of furphy early on. But uh, New Zealand, India coming up. I, I, f- I have a feeling that uh, people might be sleepy on New Zealand, Mel. Uh, they are leading the tournament at the moment. Um, but, uh, I mean, with thoughts? I mean, can, can you. Are New Zealand going to win the World Cup, is what I'm asking?
3: <laughs> well, um, as I am in charge of these things, there are. There are- Really, really decent chance. I, I would not remotely be surprised to see them in the final. And they I mean, at the moment tomorrow, the first match against India is, unfortunately, I reckon maybe a T20 match at best, um, because it is absolutely pelting it down. I don't even know if you can hear it over the phone, but it is absolutely pelting it down here. It's been raining for days. It's not great for tomorrow. Um, they're, they've just been so clinical about it and listening to their players. They've, they've obviously got their mantra and their mantra is, we don't play this game, assess the condition, look at the opposition, work out our matchups, play well, win the game, forget it, move on to the next one. And it sounds really simple and kind of boring. Um, and some people might say that's what New Zealand are, simple and boring. But it's also likeable and it kind of is working for them so far. Um this is obviously a bigger test for them, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they go. India have lost Chicago and for at least a couple of games with a thumb in injury, so they've got no left handers in their sort of top and middle order batting, um, which New Zealand do have that. They've got like much more, I think, flexibility and variety, certainly in their batting lineup, and it gives them just more like of a narrow. Um, target focus for their their bowling as well, um, but just the way they're going, they're going on with it. To be fair, they've played all teams ranked lower than them in their first three matches, um, but they're just really fuss free. And this whole idea of, of like show up, do this, do that, forget the game, go on to the next one, and rinse and repeat several times. Is, is very much a, a tournament play kind of focus, and a lot of teams will talk about it, but they're not necessarily able to do it. But they've got 15 fully pit players. They've got players who can score strike rates of 150 to 200. They've got left-handers, right-handers. They've got um, a variety in their bowling attack. It's a, it's a, I think a fairly formidable lineup and. Uh, they've always been my dark horse. So obviously England and New Zealand, England and India, have been considered favourites. But for me, New Zealand have always been the dark horse. And that's, you know, New Zealand are the traditional dark horses of cricket. Generally, they're never going to be a white horse, are they? They're always <laughs> a dark horse. That's
2: just hilarious. Mel. <laughs> uh, we'll let you get back to your old trip to Jerusalem pub. Uh, thank you for joining, and we'll also let you get back to getting... Being mobbed by uh, hordes of Indian fans, as well <laughs> as I that happens uh, whenever you're around. Uh, We're yeah. very grateful to get time.
3: Thanks, guys. I'm I'm looking forward to ensuring that you're mobbed when you come over here.
1: It will be good. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Thank you very much f-
0: to Mel Farrell joining us all the way from the UK um, as ever in a pub, which is the only time when journalists speak to us when they've had a couple of drinks. Um, just before we roll into hashtag TGC, I just want to remind faithful listeners out there that the world, that the, uh, that the world tour is happening. The Great Cricketer World Tour is happening. Greatcricketer.club for all of your tickets. Sydney and Melbourne before we head over to the UK where we will be in Birmingham, Leeds, Manchester and London. And London, say it back with me. Birmingham, Leeds, Manchester, London and London. So come along to the shows. They're great fun. Uh, we're, I think we're announcing guests in a couple of days' time. Uh, we've already lined up uh, some wonderful guests uh, to join us on stage. Uh, people who have come to the live shows before know that uh, it gets a little bit raucous when the, uh, when the ex-professionals come on stage because um, they say things that they wouldn't otherwise uh, if we were going to release them as a podcast, which we won't be. The live show is a separate thing. They're a great night out. So, uh, so come along and do join us. Pez, we should also mention that we are available for some, for, for some corpies. Some 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 uh, some corpus, let's have it uh, right. some corpes pri- some private events. Let's let's have it right. Uh, we do need to earn money to you know buy food and stuff. Um, so any if your club or if your private function needs some entertainment or just some MC duties during the time that we're there, you can you can check out our dates uh, at greatcreator.club Do look it up. Do get us involved because we are available and keen to meet as many people as we can over in the UK and to perform at as many different venues as possible all over the UK. We've already gone out to Newcastle as well for a gig. Uh, there's been some chat about East London, I think there is, Pez, in uh, in Essex. Uh, so, look, it's going to be a wonderful time. And do, if you have any thoughts at all about having some entertainment at your gig, at your, at your, uh, at your event. Year 21st. Greatcricketer.club. For Club. Free 21st, we're doing bar mitzvahs now, mm. um, kids' birthdays, that sort of thing. Uh, yes. Mm. Okay. Um... And, uh, yeah, OK, well, let's roll into the hashtag Ask TGC's Pez. Brendan writes in. He says, why does every song played after a boundary slash wicket at the World Cup seemingly come from the 2013 to 15 period? Do the organisers just reuse the playlist from the last World Cup? Or is this an attempt to hark back to the times before Brexit, before demission and partisan politics took hold? Is this a cry for help from the World Cup organisers? <laughs> what, what will they do when Boris becomes PM? Mm. Excellent question, Brendan. Pez, thoughts?
2: Yeah, thanks Brendan. I was in the UK in 2014 and I felt like the anti-Euro sentiment was growing quite strongly then as well. So I don't think that it would be accurate to say that there were times before Brexit when um, there wasn't division or partisan politics. So I'll just find a little hole in that straight away. Is this a cry for help? Well, without doubt. Uh, This is the way World Cup organisers are trying to say to us surreptitiously that they require help. Uh, what will happen when Boris Johnson becomes PM? Well, presumably like the Olympics, uh, he will ride on the coattails of everybody else's work but do one or two funny stunts that endears him to dumb people. Uh, he'll say things that make establishment people feel very happy and maybe other people who are a little bit more insecure feel like, well, at least he's some sort of Oxbridge guy and, you know, he's a bit, um, he's a bit funny around the edges, so uh, he'll do for us. Uh, yeah, it's a disaster. Good salad. Hell of a salad. Phil Greenwood writes in, Dear Grade Cricketer, How come the world doesn't recognise my amazing insight and brilliance? For about 18 months now, I have been referring to Kane Williamson by the moniker The Freckled Dravid, due to his classical technique and old-fashioned orthodoxy of moving forward and back, his play being reminiscent of the great Rahul Dravid, the best technician of the past 25 years. Despite throwing in a freckled dravid reference at least a couple of times whenever Kane Williamson is discussed, no one else has picked up on the phrase. I have even taken to steering the conversation around and bringing up Kane Williamson just to chuck in a couple of freckled dravids. What is wrong with the world? I should be lauded and revered like the guy who started hashtag putoutyourbats, or at least able to scrounge out a living tweeting about dysfunctional male relationships and punching out a niche podcast. I now know how Vincent van Gogh must have felt. Any advice? Please feel free to use the freckled Draven whenever you want, even without attribution. It's not like I'm an attention seeker. Regards, Phil Greenwood.
0: Lot going on here, Pez. Lot
2: going on here. Um,
0: you know, it, it is. I mean, we're talking about cries for help. This is a cry from help. Uh, cry for help. <laughs> and a cry from, from hell. Phil, it's a cry from hell, and it's a cry from help. Uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I like how he's, he signed it off Regards, Phil Greenwood mm. um, it's, it's Look, it's a well-written question Which, you know, we do appreciate uh, Because a lot of times we're, we're piecing words together mm. And guessing what words are uh, When we're reading these things from the internet um, Nothing less funny than when someone Says a non-funny joke twice <laughs> So, um, Freckled David You know, it's not great uh, Sorry, Freckled, Freckled, Dra- Freckled Dravid uh, Don't even know not, what it is Not, uh, not David Um Freckled driver, look. It's yeah. It's not. It's not a great line, Phil. Um, I, I won't be using it going forward. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the quicker I can forget about this question as a whole, uh, the sooner I can get on with my day and my life.
2: Yeah, he goes like um, a freckled. Um, that's the crux of the joke that that Williamson has freckles. If we try and deep in, like yeah. deep dive into it, because this would not be a conversation it, had. He just said Kane Williamson reminds me of Rahul Driver. It's the freckled that is meant to be the the yeah. humorous element to this. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's funny. I don't think freckles are funny. So that's why it hasn't been picked mm. up. It also hasn't been picked up mm. by people, possibly because you're talking to a one-year-old when you describe this, or a doll <laughs> uh, in your house. Um, neither of them talk, Phil Greenwood. Uh, and finally, this is a yeah. very insidious category of question where it's framed as high farce, where it's self-deprecating and he says, I'm mm. uh, looking, I'm um, clearly, you know, not looking for attention, but the farce is that mm. he is. And mm. yet he still manages to sneak in the uh, the thing that he thinks is brilliant, which is Freckled Dravid, which isn't. So mm. Phil, um, mm. I guess the comprehensive answer there is, yeah, people aren't replying to it because you're talking to a doll in your own house by yourself um, and dolls don't talk. Freckled isn't very funny and stop trying to sneak in acts of brilliance through false se- self-deprecation. That's our lane, get out of that lane.
0: But thanks for your question, Phil. And do come to the live shows. Cheers. Uh, Phil. Cheers. Uh, Shiv Gupta comes in and he says, uh, hey, mate. Okay. Uh, quick question for you and the boys. Does this come into someone's personal DMs <laughs> yeah. today? Uh, Uh Hey mate Quick question for you And the boys During the India australia match Virat Kohli was seen Gesturing to the uh, the crowd Telling them to stop Booing Steve Smith But rather support him Subsequently I've seen a lot of Social media posts By Aussie fans Saying Kohli is actually A good bloke I like him now (laughs) Even you guys have said In the past You think he's a bad bloke So the real question is Is Kohli actually a nice guy Or did he just pull off The ultimate alpha move By showing Australia's Best batsman Who the real boss On the field is And And as subsequent How fucking simple Are Aussie cricket fans They literally hate a guy for years and boo him, but now he happens to do a nice thing for an Aussie cricketer and all of a sudden he's a good bloke. That's from Shiv. Mm.
2: Well, I guess first thing Shiv is uh you know, life isn't logical or rational. Uh and my mentality often takes over. But I just want to pick up uh on a few things here. Uh, are you surprised that people just flip-flop based on uh others saying what they think? Uh you know, they want to say? I'm certainly not. Uh, What's with the fascination of people just being the ultimate alpha at all costs and times? I'm not sure. Um, Has he shown Australia who the real boss on the field is? Well, yes, he always does that. I mean, Coley is the boss on the field. He's the boss technically. He's the boss statistically. And he's the boss spiritually now. (laughs) Nobody's uh, under any illusions there. Uh, How fucking simple are Aussie cricket fans? Well, we know the answer to that. But it's kind of like your family, Shiv. Uh, I actually don't know where you're asking this question from. It sounds like you're an Indian fan, or a fan of India, I should say. Could be wrong. How fucking simple are Aussie cricket fans? Well, um, yeah, it is like your family. Yeah, uh, yeah, We can sledge him. It's just a bit of a problem when others do. Cheers. Regards, Sam Perry.
0: <laughs> I, I, I was thinking at the time when it happened that, like, not only did Australia lose, you know, a very important World Cup game against, you know, fierce rivals India, but the fact that, like, it just, like, Coley has now just completely eradicated all sense that we can hate him now because he's like solved the booing crisis that was happening in Australia. Not to be confused with the Bay and pigs invasion, which is also a crisis. Um, but <laughs> people were confusing those pairs. I was reading a lot of things online, and they were confusing those two things: Bay and pigs invasion and the booing of C. Smith and Warner. You know, very, very, they were comparable. Anyway, um, uh, you know, like. Because in the Pakistan game, Warner scored 100. There would have been booze had, had, had Coley not, you know, mm. told the Indian fans not to, uh, you know, to, to sort of stop doing it. Saif armor before the Pakistan Australia game was asked if he thought the Pakistan fans were going to boo, and he said, no, I don't think so. So, you know, he was basically saying, you know, well, if Indian fans aren't it, we're not going to do it. We're, 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 you know, Pakistan guys aren't going to be the bad guys. So, Kohli has, like, literally stopped it in, from all other countries. I mean, it was still happening in the ashes, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, and, and rightfully so. Mm. Um, but... But you know, it couldn't get any worse for Australia. They lost that game, uh, and Coley has like saved them. Basically, I mean, that's that was the worst case scenario.
2: It is an absolute worst case scenario. Do you think Smith would prefer mm. to be booed than have an opposition captain who is deep rivals with essentially stop the very thing that he psychologically wanted uh, others to do, yes. but couldn't empower himself to do? Yes. Yes, I do thinking. think that. Anyway, Shiv, yes, I think you're right. That. Shiv's right.
0: Um, and, yeah, and Australian question. cricket fans are really simple. Um, it's a good question. Shiv's right. And we should move on. Um, Australia play against uh, – who are they playing against? Is it yeah, Yeah, Sri, Lanka, Sri Lanka they're playing on, the Saturday on Saturday evening,
2: Saturday. Australia time.
0: Saturday evening, which means we're getting up at uh, five in the morning, Pez, on Sunday morning before we head off to church, and we are going to be doing uh, the podcast. So the next show will be out Sunday morning.
2: That may or may not Don't be, be great true. We're still in uh, okay. deep discussions and negotiations with our Vodafone about that. Not really Vodafone. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody we
0: literally past. read ads for Telstra yeah. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't listen to this, so, you know, fuck mm-hmm. them. Oh, um, <laughs> they listen to a
2: lot. about metadata and stuff like that. But anyway, I'll move on.
0: Yeah, good point. Cool, good now we have lost those good ads because I've said
1: that.
2: <laughs> Thanks to Mel
0: Farrell from the UK for joining us. Ian Higgins here signing off with Sam Perry. We'll see you next time on The Great Cricketer Podcast.